Hello and welcome to this episode of Mercy Talks Money, the podcast. I am your host, Mercy, and I'm a money talker. And if you don't know what that is, let me give you my definition of a money talker. A money talker is somebody who is not afraid to have open and honest conversations about money, be it how they relate with money, be it where money has burnt them, be it how they want to be with their money. So for me, a money talker is a person who goes head in first, heart in first, open mind to have conversations about money. And my my belief is that more of us need to be money talkers. I believe that this is a conversation that we have ignored for far too long. And therefore, um, a lot of people have suffered because of that. So I'm hoping through this podcast to get us comfortable, to get us to a place where we can come face to face with our money to get to a point where we are open and we're having honest conversations with how we relate with money and how money relates to us and the aspects or the different aspects of our lives and how they impact our financial lives. So I hope that has given you a, a nice intro into who I am, what I believe and what I'm hoping for for this podcast. And if you believe that this resonates with you, welcome home. Welcome home. And I invite you to just sit back, have an open mind, and um, enjoy. Enjoy the content. And thank you very much for your listenership. And share with your friends, share with your families, share with other people that you believe are money talkers, so that we get this conversation going. And if you find that maybe you are not so comfortable, you are not really a money talker, um, numbers even scare you because there are people who are just scared of numbers. Well, just give it a chance. Just listen, see if you can learn a thing or two, see if maybe we can help you deal with your, your fears. Maybe some, somehow when you're listening, you can get to a point where you identify the source of your fears. That's my hope for you. Let's get right into it then. On today's um, episode, I want us to talk about why we need to talk about money. Yep. I believe it is a need. It is a great need for this generation for us to be talking about money. It's a conversation that we have ignored for far too long in all spheres of our lives. At government level, at family level, in all our relationships, in the workplace, with our friends, with our children, at church, it's just a conversation that we are not having enough of we are not discussing enough we are not sharing information we are just not doing enough in this area and here's why i think we need to get serious about talking about money um the first being that money is a universal form of exchange we give money to receive goods and services 
So it's universal. Whether you're in Botswana and you're using the Botswana Pula, you're in South Africa using the South African Rand, or you're in the US with your US dollar, you're in, in Japan with your Japanese yen, wherever you are, every single day, you are exchanging money for goods and services. So it's universal. The need for money is universal. The exchange for money is universal. Yes, some currencies are stronger than others. But at the end of the day, we all need money and we all use money. So for me, it, it, it then only makes sense that the conversation about money should be had at a global level. The conversation about money should be on the table everywhere people gather. In your own language, for example, um, what does your language say about money? What, what are the sort of descriptions that um, your, your culture attaches to money? Your, what your beliefs attach to money? Because all these things matter. All these things are important. And we need to get to a place of comfort when it comes to discussing um, where we stand on matters of finances. And for us to get to this point, we first need to be talking. We first need to be expressing ourselves using words. And we need to be having these conversations with everyone who matters. I mean, for something that is so universal, we surely have a whole lot of people who struggle to comprehend money. We struggle to plan for money. We struggle to keep money. We struggle to invest. We are having strain. Our relationship with money truly is strained. So it's just surprising for me that for something that we encounter every day, that all of us can attest to encountering every day, we are having a strained relationship with it, yet we are not taking any steps to resolve this conflict in relationship because at the end of the day, all of us are actually in a relationship with money. And speaking of which, just take a moment and think, um, when, when it comes to your relationship with money, how would you describe it? If money was your lover, how would you describe money? <laughs> just something for you to think about like is, is 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 your lover generous is your lover frustrating is money as your lover torturing you do you have a toxic relationship with your money are you having an abundance relationship with your money a relationship where everything is abundance are you having a peaceful relationship with your money I know I'm getting sidetracked, but I just wanted you to, first, before we get into anything, for you to review your own feelings about money and your relationship with money. So um, I, I'll say some statistics here that I got from an SMP um, Global Financial Literacy Survey they did back in 2014. I know it's, it's been a while, so maybe... Um, information is a bit stale, but I think it, it goes a long way to give us context in terms of um, how financially literate we are on a global scale as people, how financially literate we are. Because like I just said, we encounter money every day, but not enough of us seem 
to have an understanding or a firm grasp of everything that has to do with money. So they did a survey in which there were four things that um, they were testing adults on. And these four things are what would constitute financial literacy at a bare minimum. So it's not really testing whether you know how the stock market works, for example, but it's just to test that um, at a bare minimum, do you have an understanding of the things that make money move around? So that's um, basic numeracy, that's interest compounding, that's inflation and risk diversification. So if any of those things sound strange to you, you can go right ahead and um, do your own research. Luckily for us, we live in a time where information is abundant. So go on ahead and do your own research. And by so doing, lesson number one, you'll be increasing your financial literacy. So that's your first assignment. So they did this survey. And um, in Africa, for example, they found that um, the country with the highest level of financial literacy was Botswana at 52%. I don't know if I can say I'm proud to be a Mozana and I'm proud that we are number one because 52% to me sounds a bit low, sounds a bit on the low side, but um, I'm hopeful that, well, first of all, this was 2014, so I'm hoping that um, in the nine years since then, levels have increased. And secondly, I'm hoping that being number one means we are on the right track, that maybe there are some things that we are doing right and that we'll continue to do better. So Botswana was number one. And I think um, the least country there on the list was um, 15%, was at 15%. And most of the African countries were actually between 25 and 44%. So that gives you a feel of where we are as a continent when it comes to basic financial literacy. And interestingly, for me, is um, finding out that when it comes to um, financial literacy levels, women are at a lower level than men. When it comes to um, financial literacy, women are less financially literate than men and here's why that concerns me it's because I know the work that women do I know the place that women hold in society and in communities and in families I know the disadvantages that women have had so for me finding out that um, even in 2014 women were still at a disadvantage really makes me uncomfortable and 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 it makes me want to do more do more for women to raise um the well first of all to raise this number to something more acceptable and to raise um awareness financial literacy across the world so that we have more women knowing more about money and here i'm not saying it from a competitive standpoint to say I want more women than men to know about money I'm, I'm just saying more women know such that at the end of the day both men and women there is there is no difference between the level of understanding between men and women when it comes to money
because this imbalance um, is what will continue to disadvantage women. This imbalance is what will continue to disadvantage families. And another thing, another thing is that um, unsurprisingly, the younger generation, that's 35 and younger, are the most financially literate. That's unsurprising. I mean, we, we've grown up in a, in, in a time where information is abundant. We've got the internet, we've got books, we've gone to school, we've gone to university, we have learned all sorts. So it only makes sense that um, when it comes to having a basic grasp, we have that as young people. But on the other side, the least financially literate age group is those that are over 65 years. Now, if you think about it, these are the people who've retired or are just coming into retirement. And why that's a concern for me is that um, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if we are saying even now at their retirement point, these people are not so highly financially literate, then when they were 20, when they were 35, when they were active in the corporate world, when they were earning, what financial decisions were they making? That is what concerns me, that I don't know that they knew enough or they had enough access to information for them to have been making the right financial decisions if they didn't have understanding of inflation, if they didn't have understanding of risk interest compounding, if they didn't have a um, basic understanding of diversifying risk when you are investing, for example. So at the point of retirement, my concern for them is that um, did they make the right decisions? Are they retiring into their golden years? and finding that they have saved enough to live on? Or are they just retiring to find that there is nothing because they did not have enough information for them to make good decisions, good financial decisions for them and their families? So that's a concern for me. That's an area of concern for me, um, financial literacy. And my other concern with this group is that even now, Statistics are saying they still don't know a lot. So even now, for the rest of their life, how will it pan out for them? Because at the point of retirement, some people do come into large sums of money. So my concern is, do they know enough? Do they know enough about instruments that are available to them? to make the right financial decisions? Do they know enough for them to know where to save, what to invest in, how to plan for their money? So it, I think you can tell that um, this really tugs at my heartstrings. So for me, this, this is a major area of concern. And this is why I want us and I need us to be having these conversations with our parents, with our grandparents, with our friends, with our uncles, our aunts. Have the conversation with them. Find out where they are and what help they need. And lead, us, lead them to 
financial advisors, lead them to the places where they can find good investment advice. Now, another point that I want us to um, look at in terms of why we need to be talking about money is, um, is the fact that at the core, at the very core of many conflicts in families, at the core of many conflicts in the workplace, at the core of many conflicts in communities that we are in, whether it's a church, whether it's a savings group, whether it's business partnership, at the core of most of those conflicts is money sitting. Okay, I don't know if money is sitting or maybe money is dancing. I don't know if money is also shocked, but money is definitely right there. It is a huge component so we need to be having these conversations we need to be talking about money in in the workplace i mean <laughs> dare i take it there let's just take it there for a minute yes a lot of us would say noble things like yes um i'm going to work for a purpose i feel um this is the kind of work I'm compelled to do, yes, all of those things are true. But at the end of the day, money plays a major role for you showing up at work. So let's have the conversation. I mean, when you go to work, you are trading in time to receive money. You're trading in um, your ideas. You're trading in your effort to get money, to get experience, to get exposure. Yes, all those wonderful things. But on the other side, you are also giving up something. You are giving up um, time away from your family. You're giving up sometimes your health even. You're giving up um, time that you could be spending maybe doing your hobbies. So you are trading off. So just as um, your employer or the people that you provide services and goods to, because some people are interpreting you with, just as you are having to give them the best of yourself, just as they are asking for quality from you, you too get to tell them, communicate to them what compensation you would like. Because at the end of the day, if you are not being compensated in your opinion, not being compensated enough to make up for everything that you see yourself giving up, if you feel you are not being compensated enough to make up for you leaving your children at home and not watching them grow up, if you think you are not being compensated enough for you to be up at night, you are going to grow to be disgruntled in your work. You will lose passion for the very thing that you called your why in the first place. So communicate your expectations, your financial expectations, so that um, you, you find yourself at a point where you, you are aligned. You are aligned with the people that um, are compensating you financially. And that's just one aspect of it. And here I, I want to mention this one important thing that it's important for you to define what your enough then is. Because yes, there is potential to make a lot of money in a lot of ways, but we all need to define 
what our enough point is. How much work are you willing to take on and for how much money? You need to set your enough for the work and also enough for the compensation and be at peace within yourself to let go of anything in excess of that. But that's just one aspect of it. That is the part where there are other people involved. That is the part where you generate money. Now comes the second part where it's you and your money. And we need to be talking about this part as well, because how you then spend the very money that you negotiated hard for determines how you are then satisfied with the work you do. So have the conversation with yourself. Now this is the part where you face yourself in the mirror and have the difficult conversation about your habits, about how you spend your money, about um, the debt that you are carrying, about the lifestyle that you want to have. So I want us to have internal conversations with ourselves and also external conversations with the people that compensate us for what we're given them. This is the conversations that I need us to have. And um, in families as well, let's have conversations about funeral cover, for example. In your family, do you know who has covered who? So that in the event of death, you know who has what. I know this one. This one is taboo. I know most people will be acting like if I start the conversation about funeral cover, it's as if I'm wishing people will die. I don't want to admit that I've covered so-and-so because um, I want to retain some of the money when it's paid out by the insurance, etc., etc. Yes. But let's have the conversations because you don't want to find yourself at a point where you thought somebody else had it covered and come the day, nobody had it covered. Not a single one of you had it covered. And now you are dealing with the situation in real time. Parents, tell your children where your assets are. Tell them your liabilities. Tell them where your will is lodged. So that um, should anything happen to you, they know where what is and nobody can then come along and confuse them. Have the conversation. Let's avoid conflicts where we can because a lot of family conflicts stem from money because um, there's so much secrecy. There's so much that we are hiding from the people that we are living with that um, people are then left to make assumptions. And some of those assumptions are totally wrong. And because they are totally wrong and people have gone so long off of the right base, there's just no way of coming back. There's the point of reconciliation then just cannot be found. So let's just be open. Let's form trust within families. Let's form a sense of trust so that people are able to open up so that we avoid 
between us as siblings, between us as cousins, between us and our mothers and our aunts and our uncles, we avoid unnecessary friction. And also consider this, that um, family is the place where we are nurtured. It is the place where we are mentored. And sometimes it's the place where we can go for shelter and healing. So let's create that hub so that people are able, we are able to go back to our families and know that we can find comfort. If I need financial advice, if I need to invest in something, I can go back to my family and have the conversation with them and come back with a concrete, solid idea and come back with the motivation that I need to move forward with this. Let's not look at family as people who just want to take money who want to know what we have so that um the witches can kill us or something like that i know i'm laughing about it but it is some people's belief and it, it's one of the things that has crippled them financially to say if i admit to people what i have then they will start wishing ill on me because they will see me as rich or they will start asking me for money and yes, I know it's a place that people actually abuse sometimes. And in families, people do get abused financially because they give and people keep taking and taking and taking until there is nothing left. I know that. But let's just consider for a minute that it is possible for us to walk back to a place of healing, to walk back to a place where we work together as families. Now, um, some statistics here from um, divorcelaws.co.za. Now, this is a website that tracks anything to do with divorce in South Africa. And from... From an article on their website, they stated financial dispute to be amongst the top 13 reasons why people divorced. So in our marriages, financial disputes keep coming up, which just shows that we are just not dealing enough in our marriages with um, the issues of finance. And a Forbes advisor article also said um, it puts financial stress amongst the top four, the top four stresses that people mentioned. Let's, let's do better for ourselves. If we are saying we live with money every day and at the same time that money is stressing us, clearly there's a problem. Clearly the relationship has gone dysfunctional. And if you are finding that you, you and money have maybe drifted into this dysfunctional relationship, seek help. Just go out and find somebody you can trust. If you can't find that trust within your family or your social circles, go out, get a professional to help you, get somebody you can talk to. And another one was, interestingly, 40% of people who were surveyed said um, the number one reason they were getting into marriage was for financial security. Mm -hmm. 
Think about that for a minute. People are saying they are going into a union because they are seeking to be financially secure. Yet, a few minutes ago, from another article, they were saying it is now amongst the top 13 reasons why they divorce. So on the one hand, we are saying finances, money, my top reason for getting into this marriage thing. On the other end, we are saying, yeah, it's the reason I'm going out of this thing. So in between, what's happening? What's happening in the in-between? Let's discuss the in-between part. Because if you are going into this for financial security, what then happens once you are in? Is it that um, you have not communicated your expectations and therefore they have not been met? I mean, a lot has been said. A lot of books, articles, podcasts have been done on uncommunicated expectations and we know what havoc those can wreak on relationships so as we go into marriages are we communicating that um i'm seeking financial security sir ma'am i'm seeking financial security as my number one reason for getting into this marriage with you do they know that or is it that we've not communicated it and once we are in we start expressing it and therefore it starts being a stressor and it leads to financial disputes and it which ultimately leads to the divorce. Let's do better. Let's have the conversation. However, remove the fear from it. Remove the shame from it. Just have the conversation with your loved one. Now, another thing that I want us to really take seriously here, I just mentioned how money is amongst the top four stresses and how financial disputes are rampage in marriages. And that is just the tip of the iceberg because um, Bankrate survey did a survey, uh, Bankrate did a survey earlier in April, 2023 and out of that, this was in the U.S., 52% of U.S. adults said um, money is impacting their mental health. Financial stress is impacting their mental health. And it's unsurprising. It's unsurprising that this is happening because we spend ourselves to create money. We literally interact with money in any and everything that we do therefore it only follows that then um financial stress will affect our mental health and I, and i don't want us to take our mental health for for granted because um i think we have seen in in recent years this has come to light that this is the, the situation with our mental health is dire all across the world all across the world if covid did anything it is to highlight that mental health is in itself a pandemic so because we spend so much of our lives and so much of our times acquiring or trying to maintain money we are trading in our time we are trading in our effort we are trading in our talents 
if we don't deal with um the impact of that if we don't deal with the imbalance between what we are giving and what we are getting back we are going to get to that place of misalignment we are going to get to that place where we are stressed if we don't pay attention to financial planning if we don't pay attention to the debt that we are taking on if we are not paying attention to the lifestyle that we are creating if we are not paying attention to how we are living above our means if we are not paying attention to how we are overworking we are going to get to a point where we experience financial stress we are going to get to a point where we are carrying so much debt we are drowning in so much debt that um impacts every area of our lives and if you think about it this is a vicious cycle because when your mental health has been impacted it impacts your ability to show up it impacts your ability to show up in your place of employment in the place where you are serving and because you don't get to show up fully it impacts how much money you can make and if you are making less money or you lose your income it just makes your financial situation that much worse and therefore your financial stress increases so let's be cognizant of how we are spending our time how we are spending our money what we are willing to trade for our time because that also if you are not paying attention to the the values that you are willing to forego you are going to get to a point where you do actually have the money but you are unfulfilled and because you are unfulfilled you start to look for fulfillment in other areas that on its own is a great danger to you and the people in your life so as 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 i wrap up now i want us to take in everything i've talked about i've talked about why we need to talk about money um generally why we need to talk about money in families in relationships in the workplace why we need to talk about money to ourselves so i hope that um this has shed some light for you and you you are now thinking differently at least if i can get you to think differently about the conversation you've been having about money with yourself if i can get you to look at it from a different perspective maybe you had ignored the conversation with your mother go back go back and have the conversation with your parents ask them where their money is ask them if they've got a current account a savings account with with which bank ask them what policies they have don't duplicate efforts as a family know who has what so go on this week just introspect on how you are talking to yourself about money and also just try have a single conversation with a single person about money even if it's for 2 minutes just practice just practice talking about it so you get to a point where you are comfortable and with that i draw this episode to a close remember this is mercy talks money the podcast and i am mercy 
You can find us on our website, which is www.mercytalksmoney.com. You can also find the podcast on all major podcast platforms. We are also on social media as Mercy Talks Money. So do follow us. And if you found that this episode um, touched you or it spoke to you in a certain way and you feel there are other people who need to hear this, share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your neighbors. Share it in your church circles. Anyone that you know so that we get the conversation out there and we get this conversation started. And if you have been impacted negatively by money and this episode has triggered something in you, go out and look for help. Look for somebody you can trust. Look for a place that you can go to. Start to build a community around you of people who can support you so that you can journey back to healing yourself and healing your relationship with money. Because like I said, it's not like money's going to go anywhere. We are living with it. So until next time, bye-bye. See you.